This is the Church Planting Podcast, brought to you by the Broadcast Network. Broadcast exists to support, train and encourage church planters. For more information about who we are or about the training that we offer, please visit our website at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Broadcast Church Planting Podcast. It's September, which means it's pioneering month here at Broadcast. And on the 18th of September, we've got a hangout with Matt and Joe Simmons, who've moved to Amsterdam with a young family to plant a church. And we'll be talking to them about what it means to be a pioneering family. When we talk about pioneering, we're talking about trying things. And sometimes the things that we try won't work. So in this episode, I'm going to bring you the account of a church that I tried to plant in Salford, where things didn't quite go as I planned. You can find all of the notes on what I'm talking about and other content at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 44. Pioneering, by its very nature, involves risk. By undertaking a new venture, by stepping out onto uncharted ground, or by trying to plant a new church, you are doing a risky thing. It might work, but it might not. And if it doesn't, then what? Does a church plant that didn't work out go down as a failure? Or is there room in our pioneering mindset to celebrate the venture, even when it didn't go according to plan? A couple of years ago, I put out a tweet that said, it's better to attempt 100 church plants and end up with 50 than it is to attempt five and get five. And that tweet got a bit of pushback. One of the replies to the tweet said that attempting 100 church plants and only getting 50 would leave behind a string of broken core teams, which was too great a price to pay. And I can fully understand this sentiment, because the last thing I want to do is to see our brave church planting pioneers burnt out and treated as collateral damage as we look to advance the kingdom. But as I've reflected on that conversation, I've realised that actually the problem is that we're not all that good at failing at church planting. We don't talk about it very often. And so we can construct the scenario where the only two possible outcomes for a church plant are either that a church gets established or that the team that was trying to plant the church gets broken in the process. But surely that isn't right. Those stakes would be too high. Well, at Christchurch Manchester, we tried to plant lots of new churches, but the reality is that some of them work and some of them don't. Five years ago, my wife and I moved from London to Greater Manchester, and we had a desire to plant a church in Salford. Now, that church didn't really take off, but the collateral damage was pretty small. As church planting failures go, we failed really well. So I want to tell you the story of our church plant in Salford, in the hopes they will help other church planters to avoid leaving behind a trail of broken bodies as they go. So it started about eight years ago, and I was working for a church in North London as a youth minister. It was quite a nice setup. I enjoyed doing the job, and it was at a good church. But during that time, God started speaking to me, and there were really two key bits to what he was saying. One of them was church planting, and the other one was Manchester. So I knew that if I was going to act on those words, it would mean a big life change. And I didn't want to do it lightly. So I took some time with what I thought God was saying and I I prayed about it. I talked to my friends and I tried to weigh whether these words were really from God. 
And one of the things that I did as part of that process is I came up to Manchester for a day and I just walked around the streets. I didn't really tell anyone that I was coming up and I just prayed and I listened to God. But at the start of that day, in one of the prayers, I, I prayed and I said, God, if you really want me to move up here and do church planting up here, then please give me a sign today. Now, maybe that's a slightly naughty prayer to pray. I don't know, but that's what I prayed. And later that day, I was walking down the street and uh, there was a man who was walking towards me and he was talking to himself and it kind of seemed incoherent kind of mutterings that he was doing. Um, but when he got to me, he, he stopped talking to himself and instead he started addressing me and he just said, this is a sign from God. So I'd asked for a sign and I got one. So from that point on, I was pretty clear that coming to Manchester and church planting was the thing to do. Well, at this point in my life, I knew next to nothing about church planting. So uh, what I did next is I handed in my notice for that youth ministry job. And um, I, I joined a recently planted church that was near to where I was in London. Uh, it was a season of preparation for my move. I learned about church planting. I also uh, requalified and did a qualification in teaching so that when I moved up, I'd have something where I could earn some money. And I'd kind of expected to be part of this church um, in North London, this church plant for uh, one year and then moved. But actually it ended up being two years uh, that I was there. And during this time, I met Emma, who is now my wife. And over those two years, I dreamed and I planned and I prayed. And I started to develop a vision, not just for one church, but actually a vision that encompassed the whole city of Manchester, actually the whole of Greater Manchester. And I wanted to start a whole network of churches throughout Greater Manchester that in some ways were separate churches, um, but in other ways were one church across the whole city. Little did I know at this point that Colin Barron had got there years before me and was doing exactly that. Well, in May 2011, Emma and I got married. And in August of that year, uh, we were loading up a van uh, and we were moving up north. Now, in the months prior to our move, we'd been offered a house to live in and I'd been offered a job in an area of Salford called Broughton. Um, and actually, uh, this was the same area that some people who we'd been getting to know uh, prior to our move lived in. So it seemed like all the pieces were lining up that this was the place to be. So we said, right, we're going to do it. We're going to move to Broughton. I'll take this job in, in a school. It was quite a, a rough school. Um, and I started teaching maths. And I said, well, if we've got a house here, we've got a job there. Um, hey, maybe we should plant a church here. Um, so this is the place that we um, started going about planting a church. We rented a room at Salford University and we began putting on a few midweek meetings in that room. Well, at the first of these meetings, there were probably around 15 people, um, but the majority of those people were kind of well-wishers who come along for the first meeting and then you don't really see them very much after that. By the following week, it had settled down to kind of the normal um, group and it, there was a core of about six of us. There was me and Emma, there was a girl who'd moved up with us for the church plant, there was a year team guy uh, from Latvia uh, who was with us, and there were two students who I'd managed to recruit in the first few weeks that I'd been in the city. Um, now, there were also uh, the couple of families who lived in Broughton who we were starting to get to know, and uh, for a time it had seemed um, quite possible that they might join us, but in the end, that didn't happen. 
which was actually quite uh, a blow for our hopes uh, in the church. But despite this blow, I wanted to push ahead. I wanted to gain some momentum and get things going. So over the next year, we continued to meet midweek. We were joined by a few other people and uh, we'd managed um, to gather a group of probably around 12 of us on a good day. But still, actually, when you looked at it, quite a flimsy Group. So there was Emma and I, there were uh, two more couples, but these couples lived in different parts of Greater Manchester. And one of them in particular was carrying uh, a few scars from experiences that they'd had at their previous church. Um, well, both of these couples were grateful for the group, they enjoyed the fellowship, but neither were really in a place to carry much of the load in pioneering a new church, and neither of them lived in the locality that we were trying to reach. Along with this, we also had a few students who were travelling up from a place called Fallowfield, uh, which was in South Manchester. These guys were already part of Christchurch Manchester. And what we'd done as we moved, we'd actually tied our church planting efforts into CCM. We'd got to know uh, Colin Barron and Tim Simmons, and it seemed like the vision um, was quite similar to us. So we'd kind of tied into what CCM was doing. And a few of the guys who were already part of CCM attending uh, CCM City on Sundays came up and joined us midweek they were good good people who enjoyed uh, what we had going on and really I think they were trying to do us a favour by helping us to get started but actually apart from myself and Emma there was only one other member of the group who lived anywhere near where we were trying to plant into and this was a young guy called Nathan who was at Salford University so this takes us now to about November 2012 so uh, a year and a couple of months after we'd started um, trying to meet and get the church punk going and to be honest at this point we were starting to feel a little bit stuck we could have continued to build, we could have uh, kept having our midweek meetings, kept gathering the people who were gathering to us and uh, tried to find a few more locals to recruit. We could have pressed ahead and um, ground something out, but it would have been uh, a slow burn. It would have been a hard thing to do. Um, well, around the same time, there was another group of people who were gathering in a community of South Manchester called Withington. And this group was in a much stronger shape than our one. There were more people there, uh, and there were more people actually living in the area that they wanted to plant into. There was a greater level of buy-in amongst those people. So these guys in Willington were ready to launch something on Sundays. But to get their kind of Sunday launch going, they'd still require a bit of a kickstart, and the rest of the, the CCM churches would need to help them get it going. It, it would mean taking people out, it mean taking leaders out, of the other church and it would actually have left everything feeling really stretched and would have brought about quite a bit of weakness because some of the other churches were um, in a in a slightly precious state at the time anyway so it, it would have been quite a difficult thing to do so it was at this point in time that um, we decided to pull the plug on the Salford church plan um it, it was me who suggested doing it um i don't know if if colin would have told us to at some point uh or not but certainly at this point he hadn't uh, done it he was very um kind and encouraging with us but looking at the situation i could see that the energy of the group of people that we'd gathered would actually be put to much better use helping Withington to get off the ground but also bolstering the other churches and helping them be strong and stable as we did it all of the guys who were with us were also connected in elsewhere. And it didn't make 
sense to me to have two churches limping, so one in Salford and one in Withington, when we could lay one of them down in order to get the other one set up and well established. So we did, we laid it down. But that's the story of CCM Salford, as it became, or our church plant in Salford uh, that we tried to do. And as a church plant, I suppose you'd class it as a failure. But as church planting failures go, it was actually a pretty good one. During the year and a half that we were pursuing it, we learned some lessons that uh, we'll do differently next time. But there's also a lot that we did really well that helped us when it was time to move on. So the biggest of the lessons that we learned from the story is the importance of timing. It was a mistake to launch the church plant straight away when we moved to Greater Manchester. We'd only been married for three months. We'd just moved into a new city where we didn't know many people. We were just starting new jobs and mine in particular was a a very demanding one. I was a newly qualified teacher in a rough urban school. We'd taken on way too much all at the same time. And there were people who were trying to tell us this at the time, but I was an impetuous young man full of vision. I thought I knew best, so we ploughed on anyway. You can see now a much smarter way of doing things would have been to move to Manchester and just live here for a bit, to settle into jobs, to make some friends, to get used to married life together and to work out what part of the city we wanted to be in. And then, and only then, once we'd got the lay of the land, um, we could go about planting a church. We'd have been in a much stronger position to do it had we gone about it that way. There also might have been a much bigger bunch of friends around us who could have been in it with us from the start. So that's a lesson uh, that we learn. But actually, I want to focus on the things we did well. I think there were lots of things that we did well, and I want to share four of them with you that I think can help us all. So the first one is that we didn't overdo the, the whole God said thing. Now, I'm pretty clear that God called me to Manchester for church planting. But I was also careful not to put words into God's mouth that he hadn't actually said. So what God said to me is Manchester and church planting. Now, I suppose I could have gone around telling people that God had told me to plant that church that we were planting there in Salford in Greater Manchester. Now, God hadn't told me to do that. Um, it, It was a sensible thing to do based on what God had told me. He told me to be in Manchester and be church planting. So planting that church was my best effort to apply what God had said. But when you put the words God said into something, you kind of backed into a corner when it comes time to lay it down. Be careful not to say God said to do something unless he really has said. And be careful not to confuse your own uh, attempts to apply what God said with the thing that God actually said. So by being clear that the things that God has told me to do at church planting and Manchester, it meant we could lay down that particular plant in Salford and yet still be following the call that we know that God has given us. The second thing that I think we did well is that we didn't make that church plant the be-all and end-all. You see, even before we'd moved up to Salford, the vision that we had was for Greater Manchester. We wanted to see loads of churches started across the city. And in the end, it made it a lot easier to lay down that plan in Salford because the vision was for getting churches started all across the city. And by laying that down, we were able to help that happen. So if you can develop a vision for reaching a whole region 
and then see the part that your church plant plays in it, you'll end up a thousand times more effective than you would be if your only focus is on getting your own group established. The third thing that I think we did well is we laid it down gently and we stayed connected with the people. So we didn't call time on the plant because of burnout or sin or a big argument or anything like that. It was actually a strategic decision. Whilst it it was getting somewhere, it was slow, it was hard, and there was the potential that we could do a lot more and a lot faster if our attention was elsewhere. But throughout our time with the group, we'd worked really hard to make sure that everybody was well connected into wider ministries and involved in other things. So when we pulled the plug, it was actually easy for everyone to stay involved in stuff. Nobody fell away from church. Nobody got hurt. We stayed friends with the guys and girls in the group and we were part of their lives in an ongoing way. I remember a few months ago we had Anthony Delaney on one of our broadcasts and uh, he was talking about when he'd made a similar decision with one of his church plants and um, it wasn't like anything was going wrong with it um, but he was just saying the resources could be better used elsewhere. Uh, so he called the guys in and what he said to them is, look, this isn't a failure. And actually, we've identified you guys as, as pioneers. So next time we do something, you'll be the ones that we send out. Okay? That's kind of the same mentality that we took from this. And the fourth and final thing that I think we did well is we got connected into something that was bigger than ourselves. I can't imagine what life is like for lone wolf church planters. But we found immense value in being part of something bigger than ourselves. When we first started, we didn't know if our church would actually end up under the Christchurch Manchester banner or not. But uh, those guys were looking after us and we did get connected there. We worshipped there on Sundays. We formed friendships in the church. And it gave our plant the context of being part of a bigger advance into the city rather than just being six people rattling around a room in the midst of a city of three million. By being brought into a bigger movement, it helped give us perspective on where we were up to. It helped see when it was the right moment to stop, and it gave us a soft landing when that moment came. When a church plant doesn't work, there doesn't have to be collateral damage. It's much better to try for 100 churches and end up with 50 than it is to try for five churches and end up with five. But it's better still to try for a hundred churches and end up with 50 churches plus 50 more planting teams who are still standing strong and are raring to have another go. Well, thank you for listening. In some ways, it's a strange feeling to look back and think and reflect on that season of life, but hopefully you found it helpful for what you're doing. The full notes on this episode of the podcast are at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org slash episode 44. And just a little reminder that we've got the Hangout on the 18th of September with Matt and Joe Simmons, and you can find more information about that at www.thebroadcastnetwork.org. Okay.